We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. The wild and wacky world of the NBA always provides plenty of news to dig into today. Certainly no exception, particularly with my Lakers. Had a lot of stuff coming out. We'll dive into that and a heck of a lot more. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, let's get through through this with uh, less bumps in the road than we're seeing on Twitter right now. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's it's been a week for the old bird app. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll 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 endeavor along here as best we can because who knows? Pretty soon we we may just be hanging out here on uh, YouTube and podcasts, and that'll be it. Yeah. Just me and you talking to each other all day long. That might um, that may be what we do, and maybe maybe that's the better life. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> we may find out. But let's kick things off with uh, with my Lakers. Um, Chris Haynes had a piece uh, for Yahoo. Apparently, I was just talking with. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Let's correct for Bleacher Report. Bleach, oh, you're right. Bleacher yeah. Report. I'm so used to just saying Yahoo. <laughs> right. Yep. There, there it was. Um, it's like when when we say when we used to say this summer, right? Yes. When we when it when the off season wasn't summer for those few <laughs> years, and we got caught up with that. Yeah, yeah. Chris Haynes of it's gonna take report. Um, I was talking to one of the other Lakers Nation staffers, uh, Daniel Starkan, who attends all the games in person um, for us. And he said, yeah, there was no surprise that all this stuff was coming out because when they saw Chris Haynes at the game covering last night's Lakers game, everybody knew, okay, something's coming out because Chris Haynes is, you know, he's got a relationship with Clutch and and all that stuff. But anyway, um, the Lakers connected to Bradley Beal. We'll start there. Rumored to covet Bradley Beal. My take over on the Lakers Nation side, I put this up on the YouTube channel, was I'd, even if even if Bradley Beal says no trade clause and I will only be traded to the Lakers, I, I don't think they have enough to get Bradley Beal. No, I don't think so either because right now it would have to. I get it, right? Um, any Most people watching this probably know who Eric Pincus is, and he is fantastic and great. He's been a you know, massive help to me over the years as I have endeavored to learn more about the cap and the CBA. Um, then he came back at me because I – retweeted i believe the real gm aggregation of this report with that's cool but do the wizards even want russ because that's the only way it can happen and eric was right to say well you know down the line could be lebron could be ad but the reality is why would you make a trade for bradley beal if you didn't have lebron james and anthony davis so 
you know, let's just kind of put put that part of it to bed. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know there are a handful of people, right? Because everybody has those fans who are completely done with Anthony Davis. I get it. That are like, just trade him, get him out of here. You know, didn't I've even seen a couple that are like, get LeBron out of here. You know, trade him for for Bradley Beal. Well, the challenge is. Why is Beal, if he finds out he's being traded for one of those two guys, I don't think he's going to be all psyched to be there without those two guys there too. So I I just don't know how you make this happen. I, I know there's a lot of talk. Chris referenced this in his report that the Lakers are looking at, you know, hey, if we make a trade in the summer, we could kind of have three first-round picks they can trade, which is true because the minute you make a pick, that forward-looking obligation for the Stepien rule that says you can't trade back-to-back picks, that goes away. So they would be able to trade um, the 2023 pick, this pick that they'll have. As soon as it's year. not a pick. Exactly. As soon as it's been used uh, to select a player, the Lakers could then trade that player's draft rights. And we see that happen pretty regularly. That That's a very common thing that happens in the NBA. So um, so I kind of get where you know they're saying – yeah, hey, you know, we could kind of have three first round picks to to trade. Okay, you know, even yeah. if we're there. But the reality then is then Russell Westbrook can't be part of the trade unless it's a sign and trade. I don't see anybody jumping at doing a sign and trade for Russell Westbrook. So it just becomes very complicated and messy. So uh your very simple premise of I don't see how they have enough. I answered it with a much longer answer, basically to say, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> um I mean, and Ron Gutterman and I did a whole long video today breaking down the Lakers options and kind of the roster building theory and that sort of stuff. And basically that, I don't even know that this is what you want to do. Like Bradley Beal is a fine player, but do you really want to continue after this three-star model? Like, you know, I mean, it, I, I think it kind of leads you down a path to right where you're at right now anyway. So I don't know that this even makes sense for the Lakers big picture. But uh, again, in the Haynes piece, made it pretty clear that LeBron and Anthony Davis... Uh, whether or not he used those exact terms, it's that's that's who it is. Want the Lakers to make a move right now. Don't want the Lakers to wait until the summer. LeBron specifically mm-hmm. saying, I'm in year 20. And the Lakers kind of told him like, hey, you know, if you sign this extension, we'll do everything we can to help you win right now. And so he doesn't want to wait until the summer for something to happen. Whereas the Lakers front office is loath to move those picks unless they feel like they're getting a championship contender out of it. And apparently... Uh, again, we've heard this multiple times, but Miles Turner and Buddy Heald do not fit that bill, according to the Lakers front office. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on this, Keith, because it feels like what we're heading towards is either the Lakers cave and they find a deal for those picks, or we could be looking at maybe a trade request in the future. I mean, that's we're I think we're far off from that, but mm-hmm. it sounds like I, I've been saying this for years that at some point what's best for the Lakers and what's best for LeBron will no longer be one and the same. And it maybe we're heading in, in that direction right now. Yeah. And it's not, we have, um, you know, 10 to 15 years of history together either, where it's like, I can't ever imagine LeBron playing in another uniform sure. when we've seen it, you know, twice already, we've seen him in two other uniforms. So I, I I'm with you with that. It's, um, you know, I wrote a you know a million years ago back on Medium. Remember when Medium was like a mm-hmm. thing, and like we're all writing on there for a little while. Yep. Um, it basically the premise of the piece was it doesn't end well because it doesn't end well in the NBA. Um, guys are almost always um, you know in, in situations where they get traded and they get um, 
with a team or they sign with a team and they go out kind of sadly, right? It's a Patrick Ewing in a Orlando magic Jersey, Akeem Olajuwon playing for the Raptors, yeah. uh, Shaq in his last few stops in the league, I guess, including the Celtics at the very end. Um, funnily enough, one of the, you know, absolute moments of clairvoyance I ever had, I wrote at <clears throat> some point, this is going to happen to a guy like Tony Parker who will no longer wear the Spurs silver and black and may trade it in for the purple and teal of the Charlotte Hornets before that ever happened. Like, and that wow. Was just, yeah, that was great. Cause I was like, what's the most opposite colors of silver and black. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm so you went there for no for no cap related reasons or anything like that. Like I was thinking, yep. you were you were forecasting ahead. No, it was simply yep. color color yeah. scheme. That, yeah, that was it. I, I, I dipped back into that one uh, college art class I took to <laughs> fulfill my requirement to make sure I could graduate and uh, and remembered some color theory. But um, yeah, it it, it that is going to be what happens. Now let's be very clear: LeBron cannot be traded this season. Um, this would have to be a summertime trade because of when he signed his extension and how much he signed for. He is not trade eligible uh, this season before the trade deadline. There's a six-month restriction, and that'll end after the trade deadline passes. So we're in a position where that's going to stick together for, at a minimum, the next, what, six months-ish or so um, until we get into the summertime. AD, maybe, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what would happen there. I know we talked about that a little bit the other day um, yeah. with that one. Obviously, Russ is still on the table. What the reporting from Haynes was that the Lakers are not going to trade AD despite the, the rumblings that are out there. But, of course, if AD goes to the Lakers and says, hey, trade me, I'm done. Yeah. That, that, exactly. Like, that's that's exactly. the thing. When you when you hear, like, a team is not planning to trade somebody, that, that can change in a day. So Yeah, that's as good as right now, right? Right. So, um, the big thing for the Lakers is you can't make a panic trade just to make these guys happy because you make a panic trade and it doesn't, let's say you do the trade and get healed and Turner. And let's say the Lakers end up the sixth seed and they're out in the first round. Is that going to be enough for LeBron to not then turn around and say in the summertime anyway, eh, it'd probably be best if I was somewhere else. Yeah. Right. I don't know that that's not going to be enough, you know, and then, then what do you do now? Now it's like, well, now we have no picks. We traded everything. So yeah, I, I, it's, I feel a little bit like we're just kind of repeating the same talking points, but there are no easy ways out of this for the Lakers. It's either trade a star or give up draft picks with no, you know, locked in truth because there's just, there's not a great trade that's sitting out there. And I know some people are still hammering the, well, maybe the Nets would do Kyrie for a first round pick, but I just can't see the Lakers right now entering into that knowing, yeah. Hey, if we do this, that means we almost have to resign Kyrie in the summer. What if, you know, things go really sideways when he's with the Lakers, then, then what do you do now? Now you're really kind of, you know, up the Creek without a paddle. So I think you just gonna be really, really careful with this. Um, back to one thing with Bradley Beal too. Mm -hmm. He's going to be 30 next summer. Yeah. Yep. He's got a very long, lengthy injury history. It seemed like he was past it, but then the last couple of years, he's, he's had a couple of things pop up and there's a lot of money owed to him over $200 million owed uh, over the next four years after this one. Uh, that's tough. I, I'm not sure. I really you know, necessarily want to be in that boat. Now, 
the no trade clause would go away if he's traded. That only works once. He can uh, use that to block any trades from the Wizards. But once he's moved, that now goes away. He wouldn't still have that in his contract. So, you know, maybe you could then trade him again. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm leaning more and more towards unless you can do Russ and get a few different guys uh, via that trade. Um, to build out your depth a little bit and guys that you can envision being part of the team next season. I'm starting to think, you know, maybe you, you wait out free agency a little bit so you can pick off as a tier two kind of player to get in there versus trying trying to get to the max. I broke it down on Twitter. I, I, I only know you saw it cause I saw you retweeted it, mm-hmm. but they, they don't have a lot of, ca- they, they have a lot of cap space, but it's not max cap space. No. Um, you know, I project him right now at about 32 million in cap space, but that's with LeBron, AD, Max Christie, and a first round pick. And before anybody asks, yes, have factors in roster holds and everything else. If you get rid of Christie and the first round pick with no salary coming back, presumably you could pull that off. That only goes up to 35.5 million. That's enough for a 25% tier one maximum player. Those are guys generally coming off rookie scale deals. The 30% max is 40.2 million. The 35% max is 46.9 million. There is, and I assure you guys, I've run these numbers a billion times. There's no way the Lakers get to that amount with LeBron and AD still right. on the books. They, they just can't. Those two guys are, you know, combined for so much money um, for the Lakers that, that you just, you just can't get there. You know, the cap next season projects to be at 134 million of which LeBron and AD, let, let me make sure I get, get the numbers right are going to be, like they 90. are 87.5 million. Yeah. So, that, that's it. I mean, even if you're down to just those two guys, you cannot get get to max cap space because anytime you're under 12 players on the roster, every every one of those players you're under by eats up a roster charge at roughly a million dollars ish, um, or so in that range. So it's the it, yeah, it's the, this is it's a lot of cap space, but this isn't you know like the Pistons sitting on 70 million last year right. or anything like that. Yeah, it's not like they have a ton of money to go burn uh, in free agency or anything like. Nor is next season's free agent class all that exciting. I mean, there's there's a few there's a few names. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but it's not like you're you're looking at it going, oh man, just wait, they get that guy and it's all over. No, that guy's. But that's where I think it's actually okay for them, right? Because what, the, the depth. Yeah, it, it, there's there's good players. You know, I think you got to get out of the we need a third star mindset because. Their killer thing right now is they have no depth. So oh, LeBron being out, right? And I know we're going to get into that in a minute here. LeBron being out, that's ki- that's going to hurt you anyway, but it's super killer right now because you have nobody you can step in for. Yeah. So what that becomes is you got to start figuring out ways to build out your depth. You'd have $30 million. Let's say you get a $20 million player, you know, and then a you know, couple $5 million guys. You'd have about $6 million on the room exception. All right, all of a sudden you're starting to build out. Now you're six, seven quality players, right? And that's that's a big difference over, you know, and, and I'm not trying to take cheap shots here, but that's a big difference over the four and a half, five that they have right now that, you know, should be really in NBA rotations. That's sure. where you got, you got to get to six, seven, eight, you know, good quality NBA players before you can really start thinking about, all right, well, what do we want to do star-wise? Cause that's where they got themselves in trouble. Well, that's true. Um, but when I look at it, I'm like, when I look at the list of free agents, I just sure. think, I'm like, okay, if Harrison Barnes goes somewhere else, 
okay, there's no more wings. Like that's that's pretty yeah. much what you know what I mean. Like there's not. No, there's definitely truth to that. For there's sure. not a lot. Like there's some names where you think, okay, hey, if they get this guy, this guy, and this guy, all right, you're you're in pretty good shape there. You know, if you spend twenty million on on Busevich, you could do worse than that, certainly, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't like, if those guys wind up going somewhere else, it just take it would take a handful of players not going to the Lakers to mm-hmm. suddenly they're on the plan C plan D yeah. and then it's like, and then you're oh, overpaying guys. Right. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. And so yeah. that, that's my only concern there with waiting for, for a free agency. But in general, I agree. I think the three-star plan doesn't make a lot of sense um, for a number of different reasons, which you went into. Um, you mentioned LeBron, uh, him being out. Yeah. He sounds like he's, you know, he's doubtful to play tomorrow against the Kings. Uh, we'll see about Sunday, but the Lakers have this weird gap in their schedule, mm-hmm. but they don't play again until Friday. So if you, you can get LeBron a whole week off if he sits out the next two two games, which he's already been told that his foot injury is only going to heal with rest. Mm-hmm. So you might be able to kind of kill two birds with one stone here and get LeBron the rest he needs for his foot while giving him the appropriate time to, co- to recover for this now adductor injury as well yeah. if he sits out both of these games. And unfortunately, you look at these games and you say, oh, well, these game, these are two games that, while not easy by any means, are not you're not playing the top 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 tier here either in the Nets and the Kings, and now you're going to be without LeBron, and that makes it even less likely that you pick up these wins that they so badly need. Yeah, that's that, that's your 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 challenge for sure. I I totally you know get get where you're going. It's uh what is it who who do they they have the 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 Kings and the Nets. Okay, yeah, All right. I was looking at the wrong. I was like, wait, it's not. No, it's Warriors and Kings on on Sunday uh, evening. I was looking. I just had the schedule crossed. But yeah, that's um. Yeah, I mean, it's you gotta. That's really tough, right? Because this kind of almost seems like a, you know, all right, lose the battle, but maybe try to win the war kind of thing, right? Where it's, hey, all right, maybe we we toss these two away, but if we can get LeBron back in a week and he's feeling pretty good and the foot is feeling better because he, he actually sat out and did his thing, you know, I do you even think about, I know he's been playing through it, but do you even think about Sid AD too, like get that back, you know, a little bit of rest. I, I don't yeah. know. Backs are so tricky because that's sometimes something where it doesn't matter, right? It's if it's bad, it's bad. It may not get better, but I, I really think if we're in a position where as we look at this, it's yeah, they take, take, do what you got to do over the next, uh, you know, a couple of days and then, then see where it's at. But trade wise, I mean, I get it guys. I know we see the comments on this show all the time. Like, why do you guys spend so much time on the Lakers? Well, one, they're one of the biggest teams in the sport. Uh, things are really not going the way they want to go, and there's just continual news about them. I mean, this Beal stuff is newish. I know it had been out there a year ago, but it's 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 newish. And we gotta we gotta react to it and talk about it. It's gonna continue to be a thing until you know until it isn't either until they do something big trade wise or we get there. One other thing too with trade stuff, there's a lot of trade stuff being written and getting panned up. I'm gonna write one here in the next week or so for spot track. But trade season doesn't really open until December 15th because that's when the vast majority of the players who signed this summer are trade eligible as far as uh, delaying till when they can be traded. So just there, we're probably not going to see any you know major trades for at least another month or so. But every year over the last few years, we have gotten trades, you know, in that that kind of early trade window uh, pre pre Christmas as a couple teams you know look to say, all right, let's get a jump on, on the trade deadline, let's go. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, lastly, I want to add just a little bit of positivity here. Haynes also reported that teams around the NBA are recognizing that Westbrook is having some success off the mm-hmm. bench. And so they are starting to make some calls on him. Said nothing serious. And who knows? They could be offering bad long-term deals or something like yeah. that for, for Russell. I'm not saying it's a good offer. Anything's going to get done. But just, you know, from the Lakers side, there's a ton of negativity. At least good to hear that teams are seeing that, hey, look, Westbrook off the bench. Maybe that's just a path forward for his career. And that's a positive, you know, positive not just from the Lakers side, but a positive for Westbrook as well, who frankly, a couple of weeks ago, we were debating whether or not his career would continue past this season. Maybe this is a path forward for him. Yeah, this could open up trade possibilities to uh, teams that are actually good. Mm-hmm. If they were like, hey, you know, we we can actually give you something uh, and bring him in and play him off the bench for us. Yeah, well, let's let's go that way. But, you know, I continue if I'm the Lakers, if I'm taking on money past this season, I got to be really confident in any salary I take on going into yes. next year. I know I just said 30 million is not a ton of cap space. But I'd rather 30 million than you know 25 million plus in bad money, you know, on my books or even questionable money. I'd rather have the flexibility than uh, you know, question marks on my salary sheet. Absolutely. All right, let's move on from the Lakers. Shea Gilgis Alexander reportedly frustrated with losing. This is something that's kind of been out there. And I don't I'm wondering how much of this is from SGA and how much of this is from people around the NBA <laughs> just kind of keeping an eye on it and hoping you know, that this becomes a, a bigger thing because I've, I've I've seen both sides of this where a lot of teams are, you know, the vultures circle whenever there's a, a star level player that becomes available. Um, and so OKC is one of those situations to watch where SGA is, he's ready to win, mm-hmm. but but the Thunder are not, they're not quite there yet, maybe in another year. They're not quite there yet. But so teams are starting to keep an eye on how frustrated he is with losing. And now we've got kind of rumblings that, he may indeed be getting a little tired of being in a rebuild at this point. Yeah, I thought the same thing you kind of alluded to there. Of I wonder how much of this is coming from other teams. Yeah. Being here in Orlando and being around the Magic a lot, I have had for years people reach out and say, hey, you know, is it so-and-so tired of being there and not winning games and stuff? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard that from them. And, you know, maybe, but not, nothing I've ever heard. And then the next thing you know, it's reported, you know, Player X is interested in, you know, getting out of Orlando. And I, th- I think there's probably quite a bit of that going on here where – 
yeah, I'm sure SGA is not psyched to be like, yeah, man, we lost in double overtime. This is awesome, right? Like, Ping pong balls. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's go, right? <laughs> I, let's root for more guys who may not be ready to play, you know, and win games right away. But mm-hmm. I, I don't – there was reports at the beginning of the season that he knew what he signed up for when he signed that extension with the Thunder was, hey, we've got a couple more years of this building forward process. I really think OKC's intentions this year were to – Let's start to take steps forward. Then Chad Holmgren got hurt, and it kind of turned into, all right, it's going to be a little bit messy again. Let's you know, see where it's at. And Sam Presti, uh, give him credit where credit's due, has been very honest of, look, we're going to try to win until we know it's no longer the right move for us. Then we'll pivot into development. And, yeah, I forget what he said, but, uh, you know, basically – Tanking, but he didn't say tanking because he'd get in trouble. Yeah, so, you know, but yeah, exactly. So it was what whatever he said there. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much stock to, to put in this. I do think it will become a real story if next season they're not yeah. making meaningful progress. Then I think that becomes a real thing. That's my thought too. Probably next season is where this would become a, a real thing. But you get Holmgren back. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you wind up with Wembenyama, right? I mean, and that, that, so that can change things very quickly. Um, but him being frustrated, he should be frustrated. That's the other piece to this, right? I'm like, should Jay Gilders Alexander be frustrated with losing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because competitors are going to be frustrated when they're losing. Doesn't necessarily mean they want to leave. But if you've got players playing for your team that are not frustrated with losing, then that's a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, Okay, if he's frustrated with losing, great. He should be. Yeah, I completely agree. Hey, can I add one we we didn't have on on here? Sure. (laughs) Did you see what happened in the Wolves-Suns game with (laughs) D'Angelo Russell? Russell? Yep, playing four on five. Yeah, and it's funny. And I, 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 you know, will take blame here for kind of criticizing Russell too, but that's on everybody, right? That's on on him. That's on the coaching staff at a bare minimum. Somebody, you know, should be responsible for counting up like, Hey, do we have everybody out there? But the reason I really wanted to bring it up is did Danny Ainge outsource another tank like to another team? Like, like, did he like he did with the Brooklyn Nets when it was fine, take everybody, I'll take all your picks. And then the Nets basically fell apart a year in. Did Ainge basically read the writing on the wall of like, uh, all right, Wolves, you want to give me a bunch of picks for Rudy Gobert? Sure. And then it's all is it all going to fall apart there? And now all of a sudden, Ainge is sitting here in the catbird seat again, able to build a winner while having another team uh, pile up good draft picks for him. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it's definitely happening, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah, I mean the Wolves are sitting in the 10 seed right now in the West. Um, they have a record of five and seven. I mean, not what they were hoping for uh, at this stage, but. It's still early. I'm not, you know, piling dirt on their grave at this point or anything like no, that. But, sure. but yeah, I mean, like the the Jazz traded away the better player and are the number one seed with a crazy point differential and and lighting teams up and and they have yet to miss a jumper. I believe. I think I checked it the other day. They yeah they they are they're <laughs> shooting a hundred and fifteen percent on their jump shots. Yeah, jump, and, and making it more shots than they've taken. It's amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Laurie Markkinen really li- living up to the finisher nickname uh, from his fi- Finland roots uh, by shooting, I believe, going into last night's game. He was at 
88% on shots at the rim yeah. and for his career, he's in the mid sixties. So um, just little, little self uh, pub here. I am uh, writing for SB nation's main site um, on occasion th this year. And then my first piece is up and I looked at some early season trends that might be real or not real. And I wrote about the Utah jazz in there. So, but if you want to know what I think, you're going to have to go read the piece. Oh, look at yeah, that. Look at that. Pro like right there, baby. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, the Nets ultimately decided to pass on Ime Udoka. Was this just, I mean, just the pressure, the Kyrie situation? Like the, the response was not positive when <laughs> word was that they were hiring Ime Udoka like a, a few hours after letting go of Steve Nash. So instead, it's going to be Jacques Vaughn who is going to be the, the Nets coach moving forward. What do, what do we take away from this whole mess? Yeah, a little bit of all of it, right? I think it was uh, the Nets jumping in of, hey, we can get a really good coach. And then everybody's saying, ah, really good coach, but. but and yeah. you're also in the middle of, you know, another scandal. Is this really where you want to go? And, and there's some reporting out there that the league office pressured them a little bit. I, I don't know how much the league office pressured them as much as it was probably, you know, a conversation of, are you really sure you want to add right. this to your plate as well when, when you're already in the middle of a PR disaster? Um, I wonder too, if, if when they reached out to Boston, if Boston was like, sure, take them. We don't want anything back. You know, no draft compensation, no player, not nothing. You can, can have them where they like, wait a minute, that's a bigger red flag than what we thought here. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's, let's look into this one a little right. bit deeper. I, you know, now I want to say, I thought after the bubble, they should have just given the job to Jacques Vaughn. When he took over for Kenny Atkinson, he did a really good job in the bubble. He had the respect of the players. I thought he should have should have got the job then. He stuck around on Steve Nash's staff, which is weird. That rarely happens with uh -huh. an interim head coach. Almost always uh, that that guy is is out because it's kind of all right. You didn't hire me. I'm going to move on. Um, I think it's great for Jacques Vaughn. I thought he got a raw deal in Orlando. I thought he was a pretty good coach who came in with the idea of all right, we're in a multi year rebuild. And the Magic got super impatient and started throwing all these veteran guys at him on a team that was very ill-fitting and, and didn't do very well, and he ultimately went down for it. Um, but I think he, he's pretty good, so I'm very happy for him. I thought he was very funny at the uh, – presser kind of kind of his introductory presser if you will where he said you know hey i, I get it i was the writing candidate here uh for for this team and then he said something along the lines of you know I, I i don't know if i was my wife's first choice either but we've been together for 20 years so <laughs> you know hopefully it ends up okay and i you know i i just i I'm very, very happy for him. I wish it had been a little bit cleaner of a process for him to get the job because I think he's very uh, deserving. I think he'd be earned this opportunity. Um, but yeah, I think this was the right move uh, for the Nets. And no, I'm not afraid of Ime Udoka coaching against the Celtics. I, I don't think Ime Udoka is ever coaching the Boston Celtics again. I think that ship has sailed. I think they're going to serve out this one-year suspension. And then it's going to be, let's just go our separate ways. You know, we'll, we'll release you from your contract with not, nothing held against you. Go do yep. what you want to do. And I'm sure he'll resurface somewhere else because people deserve second chances in a lot of cases. So, But I don't know that after two months it deserves a second chance. That That's where it all kind of fell apart for me. Yeah, it's just turn around and find and put yourself in and for the Nets to turn around from this whole Kyrie situation and jump into this. That's kind of a mess for the organization. And 
there's all kinds of reasons why it's it's not a great look there. So understand why they ultimately did this and and great for Jacques Vaughn and hopefully it works out. Um, they looked pretty good the other night uh, against the Knicks. So yeah, he's got them playing hard and in defending better than they had. So I think that's good. You know what I just noticed? This has nothing to do with anything. You're the junior high three point shootout champ. I am. Well done. I was in it. So my school did well, a, or like still a, are like, do you go back and defend it every year? I do not. I do not <laughs> go back and, and defend it, but, but, uh, but yeah, my, my school did like a three point shooting competition, similar Oops. to what the NBA does. They had the, the, the ball racks and the money ball and, and all that kind of stuff. That's and, awesome. uh, and yeah, I won it for my junior high school, um, well done. way, way back in, in the day. Well done. I made it to the state finals in free throw shooting. So oh. far, far, far less movement involved. It was a little Did bit. Did you more do the, the Rick Berry, the underhand, or no, no? No, but that I was a very, very good free throw shooter. I, I haven't, you know, this is embarrassing to admit. I haven't put up shots in like months. It's, it's been a while. I'm, I'm pretty rusty. I, I need to get a ball and, and go out and find a court and get, get, get at least get some shots up. I don't know. I'm in playing shape right now, but I, I have not either. Up. It's been way, way too long. But yeah. There's something just peaceful. Like everything feels kind of right with the world if I'm just out shooting around for a little while. It, it is. It's a it's a good thing to go do and uh, clear your head for a little bit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Bad news here. Precious Achua tears ankle ligaments. He's going to be out for some time. That, that I mean, this He'd been playing pretty well too, and mm-hmm. I liked what he was bringing to the Raptors. And so now he's, uh, he's going to be on the shelf for a bit here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they've got the depth up front, but it's starting to get eaten into. He's out. Pascal Siakam's out for a little bit with the groin injury. So uh, that, that's you know, a little bit more pressure on a couple of the guys. Chris Boucher is going to have to play more uh, off the bench. Christian Coloco is starting. He, he's been, you know, another, you know, second round fine for, for Masai Ujiri. But, you know, the Raptors depth is being tested a little bit. And that, that front court where we kind of looked at him, like, how many forwards does one team need? Well, apparently enough to get through, through a couple major injuries. So. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, th- this one's a little bit of a bummer because he was really kind of starting to put it on and he was going to play more minutes while Siakam was out too. Right, right. Uh, and then another injury, Zach Collins, uh, fractured fibula head. And this is a four- to six-week. I mean, essentially we're talking it's a broken leg, right? Like this, yeah. So this is, this is not good. Uh, Zach Collins has had plenty of injury issues over the years, mm-hmm. and now he's going to be out four to six weeks. Um, not Not ideal, that's for sure. No, and Zach Collins was playing pretty well for the Spurs, too, was starting to do some stuff and was really starting to lo- look like a player. So I'm a little worried about this one with, with him, to, to be quite honest, because this is another foot-leg injury. When, when, you, when you're when you a big guy, seven-footer, and you start to rack up foot and leg injuries, that, that can be a major problem. Now, some guys make it back, and they're just fine. Brooke Lopez is probably the best example of that. Hey, I think back to right when the Lakers traded for him, um, that was a big question line. Uh, what are they doing? Like this guy is, you know, got this long foot and you know leg injury history, and, and he ended up being fine for them. But it's uh, and then he's obviously been great for the Bucks since. But yeah, I, I worry about this for Collins. I mean, again, he, him, and uh, Jakob Pertle together, they were giving the Spurs forty-eight minutes of good center play um, there. So this is a uh, you know definitely more of a loss for him than the Spurs, if we're being honest, because I don't think they're you know overly concerned about you know if they lose games because he's out. Um, but it's definitely a loss for him because he was showing, you know, hey, I've made it back and I can be a productive uh, rotation big for, for a team. Yeah, the Spurs are are revving up their tank here. They have lost the last five 
and are have dropped to the nine seed in the West. Did you see the end of that game last night against the Grizzlies? So in overtime, the Spurs it live ball too. Weird situation. The Grizzlies missed this shot. The Spurs brought it down and the clock didn't run for about five seconds. <laughs> and it was, it wasn't off a, like a dead ball play. The clock just stopped for no mm-hmm. reason. Spurs took it down and scored. Then the, the Grizzlies took it out when they threw it in. Then, then the clock started running again. They had a nice trap. Spurs stole it. Spurs scored again. Uh, and then ultimately it didn't end up mattering because the Grizzlies held on to win. But that was a little weird because then the referees were like, what happened here? And then I think they took five seconds off uh, the clock from where it did eventually stop. So, yeah, weird situation there. But, yeah, the Spurs are they're settling into what? what we kind of thought they would be right there. They're just not very good, but some interesting younger guys to watch. Devin Vassell is playing, playing really great. And uh, Jeremy Sohan, he, he, he can do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's solid. Yep. All right. Well, I think that gets us through everything for, uh, for today or tonight. Yep. I should say we got to this a little bit later than we, than we <laughs> typically late. do, but had I was, I might've been dealing with a little bit of a tropical storm slash hurricane. That, so that, yeah, that that's, you know, that, that that's a factor sometimes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. With those Glad- that's also why we didn't record yesterday, but you know, it, it is what it is. Glad it sounds like everything turned out. Okay. For you guys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. A little bit of flooding, but nothing, uh, nothing, you know, damaging and, you know, some minor branches down, but, we did okay. Power was in and out all day, but but that's all right. Well, I mean, made it through, and that's that's the important thing there. But um, yeah, that's about it for today. Thanks everybody for for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, and then over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us that five star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home, and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.